This is KMTT, Kimitzion Titzei Torah, and today on Wednesday we have the weekly share on Agadot Avraham Avinu. This is Ezubek, and I would like to uh, discuss a series of medrashim concerning the activities of Avraham Avinu after he reached Eretz Yisrael, uh, all of which more or less make the same point. And I'll begin from uh, chronologically the one in the middle. Uh, at the end of the very first chapter, the first activities of Abraham in Eretz Yisrael, it says that he built a Mizbeach, Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. We know what it means to build a Mizbeach. The Midrash asks, and I think any Mepharish would have to ask, what does it mean exactly, Vayikra B'Shem Hashem? He called on God's name. What does it mean? What did he actually do? What does it mean to call on God's name? So perhaps the pshat would be that he he prayed, he davened. Uh, calling on God's name would be to address God. And that surely is an acceptable pshat. But the Midrash gives two different perushim, apparently because, uh, as is the, uh, the habit of the Midrash, if you have a fancy phrase, a metaphoric phrase, to describe something which can be described simply, then they, the Midrash dashens the literal meaning of the word. So if it means that he prayed, he says it by that he prayed by Yitpalel. Uh, and then, of course, you'd ask what he prayed for. But Medrash is going to explain by Yikra B'Shem Hashem that he literally called God's name. What does that mean? So the Medrash answers, this is Pasha, it's the very last Medrash of Pasha Lamitet, Pasha Lamitet, Medrash Tet Zayin. Vayikra B'Shem Hashem Melamed Shehikri Shmo Shet HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'Fi Kol Beria. Midrash interprets Vayikra B'Shem Hashem he called in God's name to be a Hif'il Vayikra as though it said Vayakri or a causative a causative action Avraham not so much that he personally made noise and called out on God's name but he created the conditions whereby God's name would be called out whereby God's name would be found vocally in an area where beforehand it didn't exist. How is that done? He placed the name of God. He got others to call God's name. All all creatures, maybe the Mirash is exaggerating, he put God's name in the mouths of all of all creatures. I think the use of the exaggerated term, I don't think the Mirash is trying to say that Abraham Abinu was so successful that every single person even in Eretz Kanaan, let alone in the whole world, was now calling out on God's name. I think the Midrash is trying to describe a situation where Avraham is teaching other people, proclaiming God's kingship, teaching other people about God. The Midrash is, is, is stretching towards the ultimate situation. Avraham Avinu is personally responsible for the fact that God's name is called in all generations in by creatures. There'll be a day, you know, when it'll be called Beria. But what the Midrash means is that any place where God's name is called, Avraham Avinu is responsible. Avraham Avinu is the father of the fact that God's name is in the world. The point of the Midrash being that before Avraham Avinu appeared on the scene, before Avraham Avinu uh, began his career 
in Eretz Canaan, God's name was absent. God was absent. In other words, nobody recognized the true God. And Avraham Avinu is changing that situation. The exact degree of his success in his lifetime and in his area is, of course, open to question. And we'll see in the future that I think the Midrash claims that, in fact, ultimately, he fails. But that's at the point. The point is the seeds are laid. The fact is that God is now present in the world. One way or another, He's present in the world. Even if only the Jews are actively worshipping God, they're still responsible for the fact that God's name is found, is being called the Fikol barrier. Because in one way or another, people will occasionally know about, hear about, and ultimately, we hope, adopt the worship of the worship of the true God. Now, a, a, a point of Pashanut. The Pasuk says that he built a Mizbech by Yikra V'Shem Hashem. If the Pashup Shah was that he built a Mizbech and at the spot Davin, I would understand it. But if it means that he created Shem Hashem Bifi Kol Beria, what does that have to do with the building of the Mizbech? It's not the continuation. It's not the same activity. Building a Mizbech took one day and was done with stones. And then, if he, if Avraham Avinu was responsible for the calling of God's name in the mouths of all creatures, this was presumably something that he did for many, many, many years in all different places. So the answer, of course, is is that according to this interpretation of the Midrash, and it's a it's an interesting shot interpretation. The Hashem is a result of leaving Mizbech. I mean, building a Mizbech as well as other activities, but building the Mizbech is a typical, archetypical, perhaps paradigmatic activity whereby Abba Mavina is responsible for the fact that the people in the surroundings the people of the whole world will eventually call on God's name in other words the question answers the question why did Abba Mavina build a Mizbech which is a question which did concern Chazal what does it mean to build an altar I mean the base of Mikdash is an altar and you have certain Kobanah that you bring there the Pasuk doesn't even say that Abba brought a, 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 a sacrifice Presumably an altar is something that you bring sacrifices on. But here you have Abraham Avinu building, um, building altars, and it doesn't mention that he slaughters any animals or burns any offerings on those altars. Not just once, but in fact three times. And the attitude of Chazal in other places is that an altar is more or less similar to what Yaakov Avinu in his time will do when he makes a matzeva. He simply stands a stone upright. It's more a monument rather than a working altar. And therefore the building of the altar, it's like it's like placing the flag. Avraham Avinu is building a, a, a monument, a declaration to God. It's called on God's name. And this is definitely an alternative pshat. I think a legitimate, even persuasive one. He built the Mizbech, by Yikra Hashem Hashem, building the Mizbech is calling on God's name. Because the Mizbech, the author is God's Mizbech. And therefore it's like putting a big sign saying, God is God. Uh, of course, that probably wouldn't be that effective necessarily in a land that's um, filled with idols and other gods. So Vaminu does other things as well, which other Midrashim describe how he tries to persuade and teach. But the building of the Mizbech is the paradigmatic activity of teaching other people, teaching the, 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 the environs about the nature of the one God, true God of the world. 
So it's Vayiv and Shem is Be'ach, and thereby, as well as other activities, but thereby he began the activity of Vayikrav Hashem Hashem. Why is that called? Calling on God's name. So the Gash says, not so much that the Mizbech is Avram Avinu's call in God's name, but the Mizbech is an instrument to get everyone else to call on God's name, which is a much deeper calling on God's name because the Gash is interested in how successful is the majesty of God in its, in its, in, in, in its, uh, uh, the, the, the ascent of God in His majesty in the world. It doesn't depend only on Avram Avinu's mouth, but it depends on the receptive, the receiving mouths of other, of other people. Okay? So this is the first Pshat in the Midrash, and it already is illustrating the point I want to make. The Chazal are convinced that Avraham Avinu, at least at this stage in his life, in the Lech Lecha stage of his life, before Yitzchak is born, is actively engaged in proselytizing. Avraham Avinu is a missionary of the true God to the people of, at least, of Canaan of the land which will be known later on as Eretz Yisrael. There is deep, 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 deep-seated uh, reluctance, resentment, antagonism in Jewish tradition to active mish- missionary work outside of the Jewish community. Of course, the doesn't have much of a Jewish community to work within. But the idea of Avraham Avinu proselytizing Canaanites is likely to engender some, I would say, an antagonism. Definitely mixed feelings among any traditional, traditionally educated Jewish audience. And it's not just history. I mean, Chazal already uh, discussed this question. And for sure, Jewish history has basically come down in most epochs against any such activity for various reasons. But there's no question that Chazal constantly and consistently describe Avon Avinu as engaging in precisely those sorts of activities. The continuation of this Midrash makes it even clearer. Second pshat for what does it mean by Yikra B'Shem Hashem, Davar Acher, an alternative interpretation of the words by Yikra B'Shem Hashem, first interpretation, he called on God's name, he made other people call out God's name. Davar Acher, Vayikra Hitchil Migayer Geirim Ulahach Nisam Tachat Kanfei Ashrina. Medrash here strips all, uh, uh, all veiling from the situation. It means, Vayikra B'Shem Hashem, it means that he began to convert converts and to bring them underneath the wings of the Divine Presence. I'm not going to go into the question, which is not an important question, I think, as to what is the literal meaning of to convert converts. Within the halacha, the gayer gerim has a technical meaning of conversion from a different religion and also different people to to the Jewish nation and Jewish belief. Was Avraham Avinu even himself halachically a Jew? Uh, famous question in the Paskim, in the commentators, in the, uh, in the halachic deciders. It doesn't make a difference here. The, the, the Medrashim used the language of halachic Judaism to describe what is clearly, Avraham Avinu is the end part of the sentence, bringing them underneath the wings of the Shekhinah, underneath the wings of the Divine Presence. Okay, so he's bringing them into his family, which is a kind of conversion, and if Avraham Avinu was truly Jewish, then maybe he's really converted to Judaism, if that's possible, before Hasinai. Okay, but Vayikra B'Shem Hashem means he was converting converts 
and bring them underneath the divine presence. How is this different in the first interpretation? I think the difference is in only only in the literal meaning. By Hashem, the first interpretation says that he made them, he got them to call out in God's name. The second interpretation has a different interpretation for the words. By Yikra, B'Shem, Hashem is, I think, he he leaves it the simple interpretation. He called, he, Avam, called on God's name. The question is, for what purpose? To what, what was he doing it? It means he was calling out God's name among other people. He was calling them to the service of God by calling out on God's name. Like, so to speak, he walked in the street and said, Hashem! And people came. The, the emphasis being on to enter them, to bring them underneath the wings of the Shekhinah. By calling out on God's name, he was spreading the wings, so to speak, so that they could come underneath it. The end result is exactly the same. Both interpretations, in fact, are equivalent. By Hashem, Hashem refers to Abba Mavinu as a missionary to the pagans of Eretz, of Eretz Kenan. This uh, interpretation of this Pasuk, but this basic understanding of Chazal, that is what Abba did. And after all, this Pasuk, well, the, uh, the point of the Chazal here is, is that the Pasuk is not merely describing a one-time action. He built a Mizbeach. This is the concluding verse of Avonavim. He came to Edso and this is what he did. So Chazal basically saying is he came to Edso and he, not that he built an altar, he engaged in Vayikra Hashem Hashem. It's a, it's a general description of Avonavim's activities. What, what was his occupation in Eretz Yisrael? It's not that he one time met a guy and convinced him to serve God. This was the way Avonavim understood his job. He was sent to Eretz Yisrael to do that, to Vayikra Hashem Hashem. And this is uh, um, uh, illustrated by two other Medrashim, one the very, very famous one, that says even before he came to Eretz Yisrael, when he left to go to Eretz Yisrael, he took his wife Sarah and, uh, and Lot, and he also took with him Hanefesh Asher Asu Becharan. Rashi quotes the Midrash and it's therefore very very famous what does it mean he took with him the soul that they had made in Chavan the Midrash asks if it's one two, two Midrashim earlier Parashat HaMetet Midrash Yudalit Im mitkansim kol ba'ei ha'olam livroa filu yitush echad inan yecholin lezrog bo nishama if the entire population of the world would get together in order to create even a fly, even a mosquito, they could not succeed in enlivening it, in injecting a soul into it. And here the Pasuk says, the soul that they made in Haran, making souls means converting converts. The Midrash asks, so I just would like to complete this Midrash because it's a fascinating Midrash. In Cain, Shegihu, if that's what it means that they converted, so why does it say Asu? Why does it say they made? I understand that you're saying uh, that you could call converting, making, but why use an imprecise word when you could say converted? Obviously, the Torah never has the word Legayer, but, but some other word in Hebrew which would mean Legayer. 
So this is the obvious answer. The Drash says, because it comes to teach us that converting, and here the, the, it says explicitly, not not getting a Jew to repent, to be a Chazer B'Tshuva, but he who brings the idol worshiper close and converts him, it is as though he created him. The word Birao. Doesn't it say, the, the Midrash doesn't use the word Asahu, which is the word of the Torah, but uses another word, Birao, obviously, a word which normally is applied only to God. God created the world. Here the Midrash says, it says, Nefesh the soul which they had made in Haran, making synonymous with creating, converting a idol worshiper to the worship of God is the same as creating him. Why does it say the, the soul, the, the beginning of this pasuk is in singular? And Abraham went and took with him Lot and his wife Sarai and the soul which they had made in Haran. Why they? Abraham converted the men and Sarah converted the women. That's why it's in plural, uh, it's a plural verb because they both were doing it, both Abraham and Sarah. So here, even before Abraham came to Eretz Israel, he's on the way. He's in Chavan, about to go to Eretz Israel, and he, he goes on Aliyah with a large populace with him. And the Midrash says it doesn't mean, which presumably I think somebody would say is the Pshat, I never said the word Asu means to purchase. It means he went with Lot and Sarah and the slaves that they had purchased. Midrash says, no, it's the converts that he converted. A rather fascinating Midrash along the same lines is found a little bit later. Somewhat later, in the story of Lechelcha, Abraham Avinu has a battle, conducts a war against the four powerful kings who had invaded Canaan, and after conquering the area of Stone, the five kings of Stone Bamora and the neighboring cities had uh, taken Lot, Abraham's nephew, away, and Abraham Avinu had chased, pursued these conquering kings, and had caught up with them, and had battled them, and had won, and had um, not only saved his his nephew Lot, but in fact had recovered all of the captives and the property of the kings of Stom and Amora. And when Abraham comes back, so um, the king of Stom says to him, You can keep all the money, which is yours, by booty of battle, but return to me the people. Notice the word nefesh. Remember, nefesh subacharan. People are called the soul. It's a plural noun, it means the souls. And but not usually. It's not a common term for people. When Abraminu converted people, they were called the souls. Makes a lot of sense because he was making their souls. And here, perhaps poetically, the king of storms says to Abaminu, return to me the souls and keep the, and keep the property. Abaminu raises his hand and swears that he will not keep any of the property. He gives all the property back. What about the souls? It doesn't say. So the Midrash, Parsha Mem Gimel, Midrash eh, Dalid, commenting on the Pasuk a little bit earlier, before the conversation between Melch Storm and Avraham, it says, Vayashav et kol ha-rechush v'gam et lot. Now, um, literally, Vayashav there means, he hasn't, he hasn't met, he hasn't even come back yet to Storm. 
So the Pashat Pshat will mean Vayashi means he returned them not to somebody else, but he 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 saved them. And it was, he he brought them back from the uh, captivity of the four kings. But Midrash interprets the word Vayashev and returned in its simple chat. You have to return it to somebody. Rabbi Yudan Amar, Anashim v'nashim heshiv v'taf lo hirzir. Rabbi Yudan says, Rabbi Amabinu, returned, meaning not only redeemed from captivity, but actually brought them all the way back to stone, the men and the women. But the children of stone who had been included in the captivity he did not return them to stone to the king of stone and I think although it doesn't say this in the Midrash here I think that actually this is a drasha on the, on the other pasuk the king of stone said to Abraham give me the souls and keep the property Abraham said I swear I will not keep the property I think the Midrash is dashing that everything is backwards. You ask for the soul and so I should keep the property. I give you back the property but I keep the souls. Midrash then explains but what do you mean you keep the souls? If Abraham surely didn't enslave them that would be immoral just because he, he, he had fought a war. People who had been free people who had been captured by these cruel and tyrannical invading kings why would he keep them? Why would he keep them? So of course he gave them back. He brought them back just as he brought back Lot and, and Lot was not a slave to Abraham Avinu. He, he, he brought them back to freedom but he kept the children Amdu v'nitgayru v'gidru ervat avotehem they arose and they converted v'gidru ervat avotehem they were like a takana they they um, they fixed the sins the immoral sexual sins of their um, forefathers. Hadod ichtiv pasuk niyecheskel veiveti rei goyim. God says that it's in the time of of the redemption. I will bring rei go rei goyim. The um, the shepherds of the Gentiles. Mihem rei goyim. Rabbi Yehuda ben Rabbi Simon Amar Eilu an Shei Stom. Shemar ben Shei Stom. It's not shepherds, roim, but not raim, friends, but raim. That from the evil people of stone, I will bring back. And who is that? That's Rabino. He did it with the little children. I'm not 100% sure. My original reading of this many years ago was that Rabbi Rabino really did a stick. He, they were small children. He simply kept them. And then raised them in his house, thereby converting them. Uh, which might give conniptions to some people. Uh, it seems to be a not totally honorable action of basically stealing people's children. There also is great Jewish sensitivity to that as well, since at times in the past we have in fact uh, been subject to such activities by other people. Um, there's more than one case of Jewish children being stolen in Christian Europe, including one very, very famous case, which is well known to students of modern Jewish history, the Morteva case, a child in Bologna who was stolen and brought up in the church and and, and, and baptized by the Pope himself, became a, became a priest, in fact. Uh, but the thing that happened in other countries as well, there was a law till recently 
in the country of Yemen that any Jewish orphan was automatically transferred to the custody of the of the uh, of the of, of Islam of the Imam. And we weren't impressed by the morality of such actions. Uh, but nonetheless, I think I still think it's possible to explain Abu Amin was doing that. Abu Amin was trying to convert as many people as possible. Presumably, I think he's not having a great deal of success, although we haven't really discussed this yet, how we know that, but we'll leave that for a later time. And uh, so he says, well, he's not going to deal with adults, but he can deal with children. And he didn't, uh, he didn't convert them forcibly. He didn't drop them into the baptismal fund. He simply raised them. He educated them as he educated his own children. Uh, but still, it is true, there's somewhat a bit disquiet here, that he didn't give them back to his parents. I think the language of the Midrash, perhaps I was making a mistake. It says, Not that he kept them forcibly. It's describing the end result. At, at, immediately. The adults went back. And therefore, it could be said that Avaminu brought them back. He brought them back from Damascus, from the foreign country here, and they went back. But the, he didn't return the children, not because he held them back. But because, as it says, the language of the Midrash is about them, not about Abraham. It doesn't say that he converted them, as we had beforehand. Who giyer, he converted transitively the converts. It says, Amdu, they, the children, stood up, vinit gairu, and they converted themselves. Vigidru, elvat avotem. The point of the Midrash is to praise them, that they will be the kapara, they will be the tikkun, for stone. People, these are children of stone who are, in fact, Ba'alei Tshuva. So it could be that Avraham Avinu had the effect that they spent some time in Avraham Avinu's company on the way back from Damascus. He, first of all, they very much admired him. He had to save them. And maybe they spoke to him. And then by the time the children who were more impressionable and perhaps more open and less set in their ways and not really of Udeya Vodah Zarah and cruel and, 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 and vicious evil people like the adults of stone, so even this minor exposure to Avinu led to them converting themselves. Okay, but even so, I mean, the, the, there's a question, ideological question, which interpretation one prefers to adopt, as well as a, a linguistic question, how to interpret the words of Midrash. But once again, you have this idea, which in Chazal apparently is very strongly embedded. It's already the third time, three different places, three different uh, stages in Avinu's life, where the Midrash presents Avinu as being essentially engaged in proselytizing and spreading God's name amongst the people of Canaan. And this is, after all, a very interesting point because, again, it's not what we would normally think of as being Avram's role. Avram's job is to create the Jewish people. And embedded in our ideology is that there is a huge chasm between Jews from a spiritual point of view and the rest of the world. And as Jews, as servants of God, we invest our energies in creating Yiddishkeit, in building Yiddishkeit, in building the people of Israel. And we don't invest our energies, particularly, in, uh, in the rest of the world. The last couple of years has been floating around, mostly in the internet, but perhaps in other places as well, this idea of Jewish destiny as tikkun olam. Uh, but in all honesty, that has very little place in Chazal's perspective, unless it's inadvertent. In other words, on the side. By, I think Chazal really do believe that by building Yiddishkeit, we in effect, first of all, metaknim olam. Secondly, we even have a positive effect on the rest of humanity by example. 
all are goyim. But the idea of Jews running around and teaching non-Jews to fix their ways is one which is not very deeply embedded in, in, in rabbinic consciousness. Uh, and Avraham Avinu as the first Jew we know what his job is his job is is to make a great nation of course practically speaking you will answer quite correctly that that can't be done until Avraham Avinu has a child and once Avraham Avinu has a child Yitzhak we really do not find Medrashim or Psukim which could be interpreted as Avraham Avinu running around Canaan he apparently does raise Yitzhak that, 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 that's his job and, but in the meantime he has no children so what he wanted to do is just from boredom he will be uh, converting others. But I think Chazal is saying something deeper. It's not an accident. Avraham Avinu was on his way to produce Amisel, but uh, he was temporarily sterile, and therefore he figured, why not? Let's convert some people on the way. After all, take the first, the chronologically first medrash we mentioned. Avraham Avinu has just been told, go to Eretz Canaan, and I will make you a great nation. He has, he's full of expectations, and immediately he goes and, I think Chazal understood that Avraham Avinu, perhaps to our surprise, at least in this stage in his life, which is a long stage, a stage of 25 years minimum, conceives of his mission in universalist terms. Avraham Avinu desires and invests his energy in saving the world. Midrash I quoted two or three weeks ago that says that God shows Avraham Avinu because of the way that he, the character trait which would be exhibited when he defended the people of Sodom. Remember, the people of Sodom are not his children. They're not Jews. Avraham Avinu takes responsibility for the entire world and here not responsibility in trying to help them but in literally saving them, being their spiritual guide. Avraham Avinu desired, sought and actively uh, engaged in being a spiritual guide, a guru, a leader, a spiritual leader for anyone who he could possibly uh, approach. And of course, the famous Madras, which I haven't quoted today, of the tenth of Amavino, of Amavino would, so to speak, lure, he would genuinely try to help passerbys in the hot desert sun. But among other things, he would use that as opportunity to teach them that they should thank God for the food which He has given them. Don't thank me, thank God, and they would thank God. It's not there. You could see as being something, you know, as a side point. If I'm, you know, while being nice, also said to them, make a bracha. But I think the Midrash really intends that Rabbi Aminu set up the tent for precisely that reason. He was being a missionary in the in the most simplest sense of the world, of the word. Chazal really understood. There's no reason. And I think Chazal making the point that until God forces Rabbi through Brit Mila, which will be in only when he's 99, and the birth of Yitzchak, and the explicit statement, Ki Yitzchak Yitzchak God channels Avraham Avinu inward. But I think Chazal was saying that Avraham Avinu, for good reasons, the healthy attitude of Avraham Avinu was the Havamina, was to, was to be universalist. Sometimes in our defense of Jewish particularism, we deny the validity of universalism. I think that's wrong. It's obviously better that God should be king of the world than that he should be king merely of Israel. The reason why God is king of Israel is because it turns out that that's the only way to be king of the world. It's necessary sometimes to withdraw, to retreat in order to, in order to conquer. 
you try to fix the whole world, you wind up doing nothing. So therefore, the, eventually, the plan will be a chativani fredet, a a a a people apart. But even that is meant to fix the whole world eventually, in the end of days. So it's a withdrawal in order to establish fully a the idea of the kingship of God, which therefore will be expressed over a particular people, so that it shouldn't be too vague and too amorphous and, and, and simply not accepted. And that will serve as an example which can later on be expanded. But that's that that's the Evet Svara, so to speak. In other words, it's a necessary svara, but one which somebody who has true ambitions, true love of God, will not originally choose. And therefore, Chazal go out of the way to push Avam Avinu to working with Kena'anites, even though, as I will try to show next week, his success will be very limited. And I think from Chazal's point of view, who were, in this sense, wiser, having already experienced 1,000 years of Jewish-non-Jewish relations, hopeless. Chazal do not believe themselves and therefore do not engage in attempts to convert non-Jews. It's a waste of time. But Chazal admire strongly and insist on, in fact, because they admire Avam Avinu, therefore it was clear to them that Avam Avinu would not think like they did. He would not be cynical as they are, as we are, concerning the chances of spreading God's name throughout the whole world. Avraham Avinu, in his, in his youthful enthusiasm, in his purity, in his unsullied by experience attitude towards the love of God's name, would immediately convert the people of Chaban and try to convert the people all over Eretz Israel and try to raise the children The after you realize that it's not so easy to convert adult idolaters, but maybe the children can be, can be worked with. But not to give up until, as it turns out, only in the next Pasha, only in second stage, does it wind up that all Avraham Avinu can do, not such a small thing, but the only thing Avraham Avinu can do is to have one child. In other words, to lay the seeds for the separate, non-humanity-wide vehicle for God's kingdom called um, called Am Yisrael. And that's it for today. We'll be back next week where I'd like to pursue this point some more, the relationship between Avraham Avinu and the non-Jewish world and his career goals, so to speak. And until then, Koltov from KMTT.